from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. One, two, clean. you not good <laughs> guys Sydney is on her period and she has a lot of really bad cramps uh, I hate my period so much yeah we were just talking about earlier today how like uh in high school or at least for me because I don't know when this started for Sydney but like in high school this is so gross but like <laughs> I didn't want to use tampons for like the longest time so I was just wearing pads and after probably the 15th time I was told by one of my friends that I needed to put my sweater around my skirt, then I started to wear tampons. But it was just so heavy. Like, I couldn't even deal with it. Yeah, I've always had a really, really bad period. For some reason, like, as I get older, they get worse. Maybe because, like, I'm already stressed and, like, overwhelmed. So then, like, it just makes it worse. Because I know, like, stress can make your cramps worse or make them go away, which I don't really understand. Because like, <laughs> that's opposite reactions. But With every single female problem in the history of female problems, if you Google, like, what does symptom X, Y, and Z mean – it gives you two answers and they're always polar opposite. So like, for example, like, what do I do if my blood's pink? They're like, oh, that either means you're pregnant or you're not pregnant. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) which one does that mean? Like, literally that makes no sense. Or like, I will look up 
you know, like, what does it mean if I have X, Y, and Z symptoms? And it'll be like, you either have a yeast infection or you have, like, like you either have a yeast infection or you're pregnant. Like, it's something so dumb. You know what I mean? I'm like, what? What's and like even the point? my period affects like every aspect of my being like it makes me sensitive to light sensitive to noise it makes my patience low it makes me tired it makes me like moody it makes me hungry so i'm just like can you i gotta get text messages being like you're not pregnant I'm like, okay cool let's keep it moving <laughs> but we love her anyway she you're you're cute when you're moody so i'm like a moody it's just like my body's in so much pain like i just want to lay down in the dark room with silence yeah you know yeah and watch um, Downton Abbey. That's been our newest obsession lately. Sydney really got me into it. And it's just like Professor McGonagall speaking British to a lot of people. <laughs> I really like it. So they're like, um, I was a literature kid in high school. Like the ones that just hung out with English teachers all day. Oh. And like they would all watch Downton Abbey. And for some reason I never really like wanted. Okay, I, I don't like watching shows unless they're completed. Because I don't like waiting. It's like the thing about Euphoria or like. What are the shows we watch? Sex in the City. Sex in the City. Because, like, I'm not going to sit there every Thursday and go watch it. Like, I'd rather just watch all of it in one sitting and be done. Yeah. I kind of like the weekly ones because it leaves me in suspense. But binging Euphoria, I I remember I binged the whole thing in one day the first season. And it was so good. Like, and same with Squid Games. Like, I like how they release a whole season at once, right? Because I could just watch the entire thing. And I, I think I watched all eight episodes in one day because I know that if there were more than or if they came out once every week especially with Squid Games there was such like a high anticipation show that watching it like once a week would have made me like literally would have driven me insane and I just like I feel like I would I forget what happened last episode because it's been seven days since I've seen it (laughs) and Downton Abbey is six seasons so I can just like watch all of it at once yeah I much prefer that it's very good the drama is like so proper it's like you want to vote wow <laughs> it just I, I like period shows though or period dramas like rain i really like um rain's so good i've seen rain like six times that's also one thing i do a lot is that like i will watch the same show like i've watched vampire diaries like 20 times so i feel like it's really hard to find a good show nowadays because everything's just the same as like all the other shows mm-hmm. so i appreciate ones that have like a lot of seasons and like don't suck i follow the main character in rain on tiktok and i can't find her account right now but she is australian and she's so cute literally love her and that's all i had to say <laughs> so i just love how like inaccurate the casting is i just yeah. i love it because it makes it more interesting because like mary queen of scots was like scary and pale and like sickly and mean and like a redhead and they chose like an olive skin long black hair australian <laughs> like period you know she's literally gorgeous too so i'm watching this like and the clothing is like inspired by the time but it's like if that time was now you know so it's like completely inaccurate but i love that you yeah know? everyone's boobs are out right i don't think no because corsets they'd like push them up never mind then it's like nice to like I, that's why i hate shows that are like about okay so there's shows that like made the choice that like come out this year to include whether or not corona exists in their world and i prefer shows that pretend like it doesn't exist because like i don't want to sit around and watch people deal with the pandemic that's called every day yeah that's why i like watching emily in paris it's why i like euphoria but like i don't know if gossip girl really talked about it but i cannot stand the reboot i think it's awful yeah sydney and i both tried it giving it like several chances i tried it again i was like maybe i just had like a negative perspective going in and no i was right i just can't i don't know it's just like it's too obvious like the point of why i liked gossip girl gig not because i care about like them being rich it's like 
I liked that it took them a long time to figure out their problems, which is, like, something that happens in normal everyday life. But, like, in the reboot, she would, like, bully someone and then be like, wait, am I a bully? Oh, no. Bullies are bad. I am bad. I'm so sorry. And then, like, expose stuff on Instagram. I don't know. I just find, like, it's not realistic. And it, I feel like it's looks like someone who sees a generation from like the perspective of being 50 and try to write like they were 20 living through it now that's the point that was my pro i have one very similar problem with both the sex in the city reboot and the gossip girl reboot and it's both that like they both seemed like they had no no expertise of someone younger the only difference is is that sex in the city the reboot is for that older demographic who thinks that certain way like there was this one scene (laughs) exactly and they love it there was this one scene where rock was talking about their tiktok account and it was so embarrassing as someone who uses tiktok every day i was like why are they using it like that why are they posting that video like that that is so cringy they're just like that is so not an accurate representation of tiktok but that's because i'm gen z and i use tiktok like i have to or else i'll die but 50 year olds who watched the show when they were Sarah Jessica Parker's age during the original filming, they're going to think that's funny. The Gossip Girl reboot is specifically supposed to be catered towards Gen Z and like early millennials. And it's it's giving nothing. (laughs) It's like if my like mom's generation tried to write a story from my perspective about like, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. And like the teacher, you guys, you guys know I feel a teacher. I don't know why her, her voice was just like, why are these kids? <laughs> I can't, I can't. Like, I'm sure she's a great actress, and I know she's, like, big in the fashion world, but her character annoys me so much. But also, like, the person who plays her character is the same age as the actors who play the high schoolers. That's I would be so offended if they made me play a teacher and I could have been playing a high schooler. Nar. But, yeah, I just, the original characters just played Gossip Girl so well that I feel like they could have like I guess done the same premise but like in their realm gossip girl doesn't even do anything like they just bully each other like gossip girl has nothing to do with anything they talk about they just add it in there to make it seem like it's connected to the old one but it's not so I just don't get like I think this whole era of reboots needs to stop because we've seen the original films and we like them for a reason we don't need to see them again like yeah. no one asked for that you know exactly I just I really can't stand it it's also borderline I really borderline yeah that but also like borderline pedophilia do you know what i mean with the teachers like spying in these people windows like watching them undress and like watching them hook up with people yeah why because they want their kids to okay also i don't understand that like we talk about this all the time but we're never gonna stop sorry (laughs) two big things is that like the reason why people liked gossip girl in the original series is because we didn't know who gossip girl was they started the season or started this new series telling us who gossip girl was and it's some old teachers i don't care what they want to do and at the same appeal as pretty little liars because we don't know who a is until like the last the, exactly. the finale which they're also rebooting which right. should be, i never watched the original one though oh, i really? watched like two episodes and i was like nah yeah, well it's the same premise but they also like had her hook up for teacher and they're like that's fine i was yeah. like oh okay <laughs> literal pedophilia. Literally pedophilia. <laughs> and then um but also in the gossip girl reboot the, I just don't understand how bullying kids and exposing their secrets online, how does that correlate to them being better students? Like, the whole reasoning behind teachers being gossip girls that, oh, the kids make fun of my outfit and they don't listen to me in class. Maybe and they don't we, raise their hands on Yeah, so maybe if we bully them online anonymously, like, literally talking about their moms dying and, like, eviction notices, maybe they'll listen more in class. What's the correlation? I, I truly could not tell you. And it works. That's what the dumb part is. It's like, it's not even the teachers are stupid for thinking that. It's like, it works, yeah. which is even stupider because that's not supposed to, there's no I just can't tell if it's like, I think the acting is bad or I think the writing is bad. I think the writing is bad. 
I think the writing is bad too because a lot, you know, that like trio of girls, like the mean girls kind yeah, of. Yeah, one of them looks like she's literally 30. I know. <laughs> no, not in like a mean way, but no, like yeah, she doesn't look like she's in high school. None of them look like they're in high school. Well, actually, one of them's actually 18. Mm-hmm. The girl that plays Zoe, I think her name is. Yeah. Like she looks like a high schooler. I don't want to watch people who look like they're older than me in high school. But also, is it weird that like our generation is watching like shows about high schoolers hooking up? Like <laughs> Euphoria, Gossip Girl, like all of each other. Like, why can't these be sitting around college kids? Like, me and Sarah started this show called um, Sex Lives of College. The Sex Girls. Lives of College Girls, and like that's interesting for me to watch because like we're living through that right now, like being in college, obviously. Right. And I rather watch college girls deal with relationships than like a high school like it has to go to history in the next period. You know, like I why do we have to keep centering shows? I think they're trying to appeal to the same generation that was like obsessed with those shows in the past, but like we're we're old we have jobs now like people are getting engaged in me like i don't watch a high schooler flirt with some guy in history you know like i just feel like they yeah need to let it go. and i really like and cindy and i had like a whole episode about this basically um i think it was actually like literally yeah, we had like five episodes i was talking about how much we hate reboots yeah but euphoria in particular because it's not a reboot it's just like the second season but we love it so much we want it to be like an older demographic just because in our experience i feel like high school was so different but then i see people on tiktok coming like oh if you don't think that like this was your high school experience you're privileged and i was like no i just really don't thinks so. I really and I could be totally wrong but like everybody I know everybody I know has said the exact same thing you know what I mean and like I I don't like you know what I, I haven't yeah. heard one person say anything different except for this one bitch on TikTok <laughs> I was like, oh. and the the really really weird thing is I think we should really think about this question okay, okay all right. do we like euphoria because it's like a fashion thing and a culture thing and we like the actresses who play them or do we actually like the storyline I think it's the it's, it's the former. It's the former. Like the storyline doesn't mean doo doo to me. I could not tell you anything that happened in that show. So like, I agree. Rue, Rue does drugs. Yeah. Rue, Rue has an overdose. Rue supposed to stop doing drugs and she continues to do drugs. That's the entire storyline. Like nothing. She doesn't have realization. Things don't change. People don't grow and learn from lessons. They just do the same thing every episode. But I like the acting. I like the writing. I like the fashion, the culture, like the aesthetics, the actors but the storyline itself i don't care about because i don't think there is one i like the really hard topics you know we were talking about the last time we watched the last episode that hbo literally gets off on surprising their audience like the surprise factor having penises literally fly on the screen and like boobs in everybody's face do you know what i mean like but I'm, they, I'm starting to feel really iffy about that i know but they that's they they what i'm saying is like and that's a good we need to talk about that on this episode too because i have stuff to say about that but like I think HBO literally gets off on like when I mean gets I don't mean in an appropriate sense but like they literally a huge reason why the show is so popular is because it's so like shocking and taboo and you know all of these things are happening that they don't usually make TV shows about because it's considered wildly inappropriate and that's why a lot of people do watch because I mean at least that's why I watch it's just cool to see like people who went through stuff that I went through or like people who go through stuff that I know my friends go through like it's relatable in that kind of way and it's also like the sex aspect for example like I always say that like sex education literally sucks in schools so it's cool that we're almost like seeing it on a screen and like getting an education kind of that way culturally and societally like an education on society which is pretty cool um but I do definitely want to talk about like nudity in these episodes were you going to talk about Sweeney yes but one thing before we do that and this is something I feel like we don't talk about enough is that well 
euphoria and obviously like when i say like i like shows or i like something that doesn't mean that i don't see the faults in it also right and i think euphoria does have a lot of faults because while it does touch upon a lot of hard subjects like drug use like sexual assault like emotional abuse in relationships drug abuse alcohol abuse um trying to find yourself in relationships things like that we have not seen yet in the one and a half seasons they have open any like character arc any that is exactly what i was going to say especially with rue it doesn't feel like rue's the main character honestly any character because like rue her whole like situation was dealing with drug use and she still does drugs the entire season she has not had an accomplished moment she like they always set it up where it's like oh the fentanyl thing that happened in season one where like she almost literally died or when she almost got killed going to a drug um bust she or never at that had party when she like literally lost her heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, she has not once yet had a moment of like, okay, I need to get my like life together, or like, okay, this is a problem. Haven't had that yet. Number two, when it comes to dealing with relationship abuse, like when it comes to Nate and Lily, any person he talks to, um, they had so many chances for like Maddie or Sydney or Nate to finally have like their kind of Jesus moment, like for lack of better words, where like they realize that like Nate is insane or that he is abusing them or that they need to get out and yet they bring her back they bring both maddie and sydney sweeney with uh, cassie back to say oh wait but i want nate and it's teaching young boys who watch that to glorify that kind of behavior because they think oh i can get two girls with that okay why don't i do that you know like they set it up where they could make a lesson out of it and they don't or when it comes to um like sydney sweeney for example season one we see like nick and all these people use her for her body and they had the perfect chance season two for her to realize that she's much more than that by not sexualizing her to the point of the nth degree. What do they do? The first three episodes of the season are just a montage of Sydney Sweeney's boobs. And like, while there, this is a whole other topic we can talk about this episode too, is that there is this weird like crossroads in feminism right now where like half the internet are people who think that being able to do that on TV, like show your boobs and like be proud of it is a form of empowerment. And the other half is saying that that's the exact opposite of what feminism is. Like, why do we have to show our boobs to be appreciated as a character? Why do I have to show my boobs to be appreciated as, like, a sexual figure? Why do I have to literally bounce my boobs in front of the screen for someone to respect my character or think I'm, like, hot or cool or whatever? And, like, obviously there's, like, points for both sides. But for me, it's, like, I understand they showed her, like, her body once just to understand that, like, that's how people view her character. But I think they take it way too far. Like, to the point where I feel bad for Sydney Sweeney that, like, every single time she's in a show, they show her nude. And, like, while also that's obviously her choice, I'm hoping, and that she is, like, in control of that option for herself, I feel like directors and writers, especially male directors and writers, I think it's Sam Levinson does, Euphoria is abusing that. And I don't know. It wraps it the wrong way. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 
10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I felt the complete opposite way before reading this one article. Sydney Sweeney did an interview and she said that um, she had complete autonomy over like her nude scenes in Euphoria, which immediately I was like, well, thank God. But then she said something that really, really concerned me. And I, I don't know if she meant it like this. I don't know if this is what she's actually going through because I don't know the situation. I'm, I'm not friends with Sydney Sweeney. Like I literally don't know what's happening. She might want all these nude scenes. She might love him. Like, I don't know. But she said this one thing that kind of concerned me. And she was like, I have complete autonomy over my nude scenes. Um, and I feel so comfortable saying no when the director or the producer or the writer like writes me nude scenes that don't need to happen. Like I've said no multiple times. And I'm like, you were supposed to be naked in way more, more scenes than you actually were. Like that was the only thing that concerned me because already she's displaying so much of her, but like the, and I think that if she wants it, like what's happening right now, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm reading just in my first impression, I'm reading this article that's saying the director, producer or whatever wanted more from her. And yeah. to me, I'm like, no other character is doing that. That's yeah. to me, complete exploitation of someone with huge boobs. And like, exactly. And it's not just like, it's just euphoria. It's like in the voyeurs, it's in whatever the other movies I show, I saw her in white yeah. Lotus, whatever. But it's like, she said that she feels comfortable being on euphoria and like in this interview but that, like, she has to know the scenes before. But it's, like, there is a nine-minute montage of her boobs for... It's a dream of a guy in the hospital. There was literally not a single reason that needed to be in the show. Yeah. Or, like, when they show them, like, Nate and Sydney hooking up... Or, I keep saying Sydney. Nate and Cassie hooking up and Maddie finding out. They literally sat on her boobs for, like, four minutes straight. <laughs> There's... It, it's just a shock factor. But, also, yeah. but it, it's at the expense of exploiting a girl's body for views. Right. Like... And then seeing, like, the way men would comment on, like, the post about it, like, oh, I'm going to watch Euphoria now. Like, I just, if she has autonomy over it and she wants to do it and she was comfortable doing it, then, like, I'm all for that's it. That's what we're saying, yeah. But, but that's not even, like, what my problem is. My problem is with the writer. Right. Why do you feel the need to write boobs into this scene and this girl naked in this scene for no reason? 
Like, yeah. you want it for shock factor. But, like, if you can't write in dialogue or storylines that have that same factor and same importance of having to show boobs, and like, maybe you're not doing your job right. Yeah. But it's also, like, Zendaya, for example, who plays Rue. Her character is dealing with drug abuse, dealing with also relationship problems. And even there was a scene where they made the character strip naked, and she didn't do it. And I'm like, I respect her for doing that because... Yes, it can also be an empowerment thing, but, like, some women don't want to show their bodies on camera. Mm. Like, men have the option not to, so why can't women? Yeah. Like, I feel, I would feel more empowered by doing that than by showing my boobs. Yeah, there was also one other scene where Nate was giving Cassie head, and, like, Cassie's boobs were in the shot. And I was like, it's he's for giving no her reason. head. Why is her boob? You know what I mean? I mean, like, Sydney, I, Sydney and I are, you like, we are so supportive of Sydney. She's a, an amazing actress and, like, a flawless person we think you know from like interviews we've seen of her it just like from our perspective sometimes it seems like from the producers and the writers perspective it seems super unnecessary and giving that shock factor because at the end of the day shock factor gets you views but that doesn't necessarily make it moral or a good thing whatsoever like shock factor may boost the ratings but that doesn't mean that like you know just because the show is popular doesn't mean that it's perfect and I think that's what we were saying earlier and this is not even just a critique of Sydney Sweeney or of Euphoria no, we're just yeah. like using a specific example but I think the larger conversation should be around the exploitation of women on social media in media in general and the fact that for example in American like uh tv and film standards you cannot show a erect male penis on camera you cannot you can use prosthetics whatever but when it comes to women, there's no regulations. And it's a reason why if you go on TikTok, like girls that are showing their boobs and bouncing their boobs in camera get five million bajillion more views than anything else because it's the algorithm. People know that's what they really want to watch, you know? And it's like when it comes to TV shows, how many shows have you seen or movies where like there is genuinely not a single reason for someone to show their boobs and they do it anyway because they want people to like be drawn to the scene, be drawn right. to the show. And it's like... Well, yes, you guys can say, oh, well, male genitalia is different, but it's not. Women are, in Game of Thrones, every episode there's a naked woman. Every single episode. And it's like, you can insinuate that people are having intimate relations or that someone is being objectified for their body without having to literally make a woman stand naked in front of camera in front of millions of people. Like, I think that it's becoming an issue where it's not even about, like, what can I get away with? It's, I'm doing this for an explicit reason. It's because... The standard of viewing, the standard of creation is for the male gaze, the white, straight male gaze. So that's why we don't, no man wants to see another guy's penis on TV. Right. Like that's what writers have in their mind, obviously. They're saying they want to see boobs. They want to see big, big boobs on a blonde girl. So they put that in every single scene and it's like, it's not necessary. And I feel bad to the point where like you're purposely exploiting women and their bodies to try and increase viewership. And I don't know, it sickens me. Especially when it's mostly male writers, you know? I just wish women had... Obviously, I'm not an actor, even though I'm a really good actor. Uh, she I, I kind of need body in these TikTok skits. But <laughs> even though I'm like not in the room, from a um, viewer's perspective, that's what I see. And part of me wishes that there were more women in this conversations, like saying, it's okay to not want to do a nude scene. It's okay to do a new scene. If you want to do a new scene and you're a woman, girl, go all for it. Power to you. You know, like you're comfortable in your body and you want, you're not afraid of it being shown. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a conversation about why we have to write that into every single movie scene. Yeah, especially when it's not like the focal point of the plot or like the focal or point necessary. of the scene or necessary at all. Um, and so many movies are coming to mind, especially like Fifty Shades of Grey and other TV shows that I watch, etc. like Sex and the City, whatever. But I really want to get into this conversation because let's talk about this for a second because I completely agree with you on the fact that like why is there absolutely no regulations for um, body parts for female genitalia and there is for men. 
that literally makes no sense because I love my boyfriend, but I get in this argument with him all the time because he's one of those people who does say like, oh, well, male genitalia is totally different than a woman's genitalia. And I think, okay, but then, but then I know obviously men can walk shirtless on the beach and like that's how they, and women wear bikinis and stuff. So it's unequal now at this point. Women have boobs and vaginas and men have penises and ball sacks that they can't show on TV. So where, where, where's where's the line what should we be able to see what shouldn't we be able to see and it's like what makes it equal at that point like what do you what do you think and like, i don't get the point i'm like oh it can be prosthetic but it can't be real yeah literally like okay let's last some prosthetic boobs on sydney sweeney and see how literally. y'all like it <laughs> y'all be like, out here crying literally <laughs> why isn't it real i know literally it's different <laughs> it's art you know and it's just like the, even like in Euphoria, like there's like that scene where it's like a 10 minute mo- montage of like 500 like prosthetic penises. It's not necessary. Like yeah. I, I could have lived. Like, <laughs> and I get the whole point is that like Nate is having this internal um, struggle with his sexuality and like being comfortable in like the spaces that he's in. One penis you, would have done. Not even zero penises could have done. You could have literally shown Nate walking through the locker room with his eyes straight and trying not to move. Oh my god! I sh- I told you I should have been a screenwriter. Yeah, or like you know that moment that they show in other TV shows where it's like they don't actually show the penis, obviously, or a prosthetic penis, whatever. But uh, like the guy will look down and go like, you know, they could have done that, and they could not have shown. A like body just part. showing him like trying so hard to stay forward. Like yeah. if you cannot communicate that without literally showing me four hundred seventy six penises in four seconds, right. then like maybe you should rework that scene. Right. You know, and like. I obviously love you for it. I love the show. Yeah. But I think that like there are so many things that we can discuss as a society about like what we're viewing and what we're engaging in in Privacy. terms of content. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like it goes back to social media as well. It's like if a girl shows a nipple through a shirt, Instagram has literally a conniption. <laughs> but men be out here literally upside down doing whatever they want to do, contortion oiled up or whatever, yeah. and no one cares. Hanging low, right to this web literally, pants, no one cares. No one cares. But then it's this weird like flipped thing on TikTok where like if a girl hops up and down three times, suddenly she's on everyone's for you page doing what? Talking about oranges. Like I don't understand <laughs> it at all. Absolutely. And I just... I don't really know what the correct solution would be. Uh, you know, I, I'm not really, I, 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 my major is not in cinema or TV or film and neither is Sydney's, but. Yeah, mine's an opinion. But <laughs> exactly. But Sydney actually was a uh, screenwriting major, right? Sydney, so she, uh, you know, she does have a lot of expertise on the subject. But for me personally, I don't have a, a correct solution. But as a woman who views other women on the TV screen, who obviously may have other boundaries than I do, who, you know, are totally different than I am and who are actually in the business of acting, which I am not, and I recognize that difference between us. However, as a woman watching another woman on the screen in what I view as a super exploiting, like, moment, I just feel like the solution we're at right now isn't it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it just, I just feel like there's something off. I know there's something off. And, you know, there always has been. So. And it's like, I'm comfortable in my body. I'm comfortable, I like empower women to be comfortable in theirs. But I feel like there's been this kind of twisted idea of feminism where it's like, in order to feel empowered, you need to show your boobs. Even, even just like on TikTok, like girls are like, I'm going to show my nipple because that's feminism. Like, I think that, yes, there's, I think it's just been twisted. I think that there is just as much empowerment and women being able to be nude on TV or to wear shirts that show their nipples or to not wear bras in public that there is and women wanting to be modest or women wanting to cover up or women not wanting to expose themselves on the internet. So I think that there's this like weird dichotomy where we're trying to say that 
there's only one way to be empowered when and if you don't um expose yourself in that way you're not being an empowered woman or a liberated woman or a sexual woman you know but there's so many facets to being a woman and being expressed in a certain way that like that's what feminism is at least in my opinion like i can't also give the definition to it but i'm dead because this was not the topic for this episode at all so now we're like we have this topic it's gonna be relationships blah 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 blah. and then we started talking and we talked for 30 minutes straight about something we'd like did not plan we're on a roll with this i really enjoy it and especially on social media like (sighs) why i hate it (laughs) i just got so upset i needed to take a second (laughs) i guess i'm just thinking i'm thinking about comments on social media i just I feel like women, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this because border, borderlining, that's just what we talk about like all the time here is like we say that like women should not be put in a box. Empowerment can mean so many things. It doesn't mean you have to be like twerking on a stage in front of everybody. It also doesn't mean that you have to be cooking for your husband. Like it it can literally mean so many things in between, upside down, around, outside, under the bridge of that um I just feel like there are certain ways that the male psyche tricks feminine femininity is that femininity femininity yeah and um I feel like even though we've grown so much as women in the United States and in the world in general by being more empowered I think that in some of those ways like in some of our efforts men take those efforts and kind of twist them into still getting what they want for example a topic that they talk about on sex in the city all the time is like the idea of sleeping with whatever men you want in their terms in however terms they want because you think that that's you know what i mean like i think so whether or not you do want to be in a relationship or polyamorous men i feel like still find a way to take that and be like oh well she wants to fuck whoever she wants now I can fuck her with no condom let me push further let me try this thing that I really want to try that she might be uncomfortable with and as a woman they you know and they use it against you sometimes they, you know so have you ever been told like oh you know oh splitting the check perfect example per- it's not sexual so, at all perfect <laughs> literally not sexual at all but the first thing I thought of splitting the motherfucking check men love to use that shit against women where it's like you might even like they were feminists yeah exactly like oh i thought you wanted to be an independent woman you can't even split the check with me it's like you broke that's not my problem literally and that's an aspect of like a very fairly new aspect to womanhood is that we can pay for our own shit now and then we go out to dinner expecting some guy to pay for our first date which i think they should by the way and then they say like they see how i mean it's an aspect of femininity that they twist and use against you do you know and the same thing goes with sex especially women who choose to um like indulge in the lifestyle where you do like sleep with multiple men a week etc or multiple people and like i receive both ends of this because i feel like i'm i'm a very complex human being yeah kidding where it's like <laughs> i'm very so obviously like my i don't know if you guys see my body type because we're really in the podcast but if i follow my instagram like or have seen me ever so like my body type for example and it's something that i deal with on every person in my life it's become an issue with mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm a thick person. Like, I'm short. I'm five foot two on a good day. And, like, I weigh 150 pounds. And, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, that's, like, that's an awful number. But it's, like, I – it has taken me so long to be comfortable with my body because my family, my friends, my significant other, like, all these people are trying to force a binary reality where it's, like, if you don't weigh 110 pounds and have a perfect waist and have skinny legs and a big butt, like, 
you're not this ideal person of like what your body type supposed to look like. And it's taking me so long to be comfortable enough where like I can wear the clothes I want to wear and show what I want to show and be happy with who I am. No matter what, people feel entitled to have a, a opinion on it, you know? And it's like, yes, I wear low cut shirts. Yes, my butt may show in pants because that's what it is. Like I have to be conscious of what I wear to work because if I wear the same pants that my coworker wears, you might have skinnier legs. It's going to look sexual on me. Yeah. If I wear a shirt with no bra on it to work, that might be somewhat tight. Like it looks sexual on me. So it's like we've even put this idea of sexualization in terms of bodies into the workplace. We put it into going to school. We put it onto social media, put it onto dates, like all of this stuff. And it's like, it's, 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 it's consuming. It's honestly consuming. And yeah. it's like, every day I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, I need to go to the gym. I need to lose weight. So I can do this, this, this. I need to start wearing looser clothes, like all the shit. And it's like, why does it matter? You know, like I love my body. I love my weight. I don't want to be 110 pounds. It's not healthy to be 110 pounds. Like the way that my body is built, I'm a thicker person. I have big bones. I'm muscular. Like, I don't want to be smaller, but it's like, if I want to be a lawyer, if I want to be able to wear suits to work, or if I want to wear something that has my shoulders showing or tight pants, I can't in a, in a formal public space because it's seen as sexual. Or like people tell me, oh, I can have a podcast and be a lawyer. And it's like, what about me being open and honest about who I am, what I experience, whether that be going on a date or wanting to have sex or not wanting to have sex? Like what about that has in any way, any balance or any influence on what I want to do with my career and it's always a comment about your womanhood it's always a comment about like your feminism or your empowerment or your independence and all all the time it's like as a class even like bosses have been like yeah be like I love your podcast like be careful because like you know when you go to a law firm when you're older like they might be fully talk- I'm like why men do you peace to an podcast. old man literally men will be on podcasts talking about how they literally assault people yeah and no one cares no, no one they cares. don't get comments it's it's you're you're trying to tell me but that like me wants to do a natural human thing or not want to do a natural thing to wear talk clothes. about it literally <laughs> or talk about I want to wear pants to work oh no you know <laughs> and it's just it's just stuff like that and it's like Ooh, we're getting very fired up this episode. I know. But it's I like even it. like we're passionate girls. We're like, getting a little fed up. I, um, I think a whole other aspect of this that we kind of flip the table a little bit is like the idea of sexualization right now with women. And we kind of touched upon it a few minutes ago, but it's like if you want to be if you're expected to be a sexual woman, like in 2021, like if you go on a first date, the man expects a certain outcome because that's how women are portrayed nowadays. Right. If you buy them dinner, they give you sex. Exactly. Or if you, even if like we split the check, like yeah. they expect you to go home, like there's no question of we're not going home to your place after dinner or after drinks or after coffee. It's an expectation. That's why we don't get coffee and lunch for first dates anymore. We get drinks and dinner. Dinner if you're lucky. And it's come to the point where it's like, if you say no, you have to have an excuse. It has to be, oh, my period or like, oh, I, I'm not feeling well today. But you can't just say, no, I don't want to. Or if you don't want to talk about sex publicly or if you just don't want to have sex in general, it's, oh, you're a prude or like, oh, you're one of those girls. Like, oh, you, you don't want to put out. And it's like- And then if you're anything other than that, you're a slut. Exactly. Like there's no, there's it's a binary. There's no other middle lane, perfect, whatever, the you know? Spectrum, no. Exactly. But for men, men do whatever they want and it's fine. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. I was once told that on an occasion such as Fashion Week, where it's it's known for eclectic styles and different forms of expression, I was told by someone who identifies as a man that he does not understand why a woman who is taken would ever wear a piece of clothing like that. I wore a see-through top that, like, when I say I need to describe my little outfit here because that man had a problem with my top. And it was see-through in the stomach, not see-through in the boobs. The only thing you could see was my stomach. It was like I was wearing a bathing suit with a lace um, connection from the top to also the Also to a fashion show full to of fashion women. Week. Other women. Where there are literally only women. It's literally mostly. only, it's mostly and women or gay men. And, yeah. Yes. <laughs> literally women and gay men. That's literally it. And I, I don't think I've ever been so mad in my life. And th- that comment was followed by an insinuation where men are more likely to look at you in a certain way, men are more likely to catcall you, men are more likely to harass you and bother you on the street because of what you're wearing. I could wear any, if any woman, any woman identifying person in New York City could wear a paper bag out on the street, take a walk around the block and still get catcalled by literally 900 men. That is a reality no matter what anybody wears. Like one of the most scary, dangerous moments of my life, I was wearing jeans and a sweater, turtleneck and furry boots. I showed no iota of my clothing except for my hands and my face. Iota per. Let me know. So it's like it that comment was so out of the universe for me to like hear and take in in my ear holes. I was like, as someone who wears jeans, a t-shirt and a hoodie every day, you're going to lecture me about my fashion choices as a woman in New York City. I've lived here for four years. I think I know how to handle myself on the streets and I can wear what I want to wear. Thank you. Good night. You know what I mean? Good night. Good night. I I will walk out of this apartment looking like a mushroom. I have an ex-boyfriend sweatpants on, a t-shirt, 
a sweatshirt, a coat, and a beanie. I literally look like a walking mushroom. And I'm be like, hey, mama. Hey, mama, what? Sometimes I really want to turn around. I want to turn around and be like, what? Like, do you want me to be like, oh, hey, come on. Let's go on a date. Marry yeah. me. Like, what? Let me suck your dick in the alley. Literally, oh, oh, that was, that was like, a, like a slippery slope. Or it'll be like, um, like, you married? No. Want to marry me? Like, what? Yeah. What, do you, what do you expect to happen? Like, I just I just don't understand. Like, one guy told me, he like kept sitting next to me, like, at a crosswalk. Like, we were looking in the same direction. He was like, hey. I was like, not look at me. Like, we're sitting next to each other. I was like, uh, hello. And he was like, you take him? And I was like, yes, I'm sorry. He goes, well, if not, you know where I am. No, I, I don't know who you are, <laughs> sir. No, I don't know where you are. I was like, okay, thank you. There was that scene in Sex in the City where Miranda was, like, going into her bank or something. And this guy outside kept catcalling her. So one day she finally got so fed up that she went and, like, what? What do you want? What do you want from me right now? Like, what can I possibly respond to you that'll make you satisfied? What was your intention? Like, what did, what did you want from me? What was the purpose of that? How did that make you feel? And the guy was like, sorry, lady, don't take it so seriously, damn. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want? The worst part is, is like every man that does this has to have that first moment where they're like, okay, I see a girl. I'm going to yell at her. <laughs> and they do it and they're like, oh, that felt good. <laughs> and they get to do it for the rest of their lives. Like what? Like I would never. Okay, just imagine. I want to try this just once. Imagine you're on the street and you see a guy and you go, "Hey, Poppy, what's up?" <laughs> and he'd probably be like, "Literally, what the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> like that would seem so out of mark. But when it happens, when we expect it, we think it's okay. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Like you know what? I'm a spray. I'm a pepper spray. You. How about that? Literally. <laughs> Look at me again. To wrap up the conversation, because we're nearing the end of this episode, I just really want women. To bite men. To <laughs> bite them. And look at you bite them. I'm gonna start barking. <laughs> they say what they have to say. And it broke my heart. Broke my heart. Because trigger warning, sexual assault. I have not been very open. I think I may have mentioned it once in the podcast. Like I have I was assaulted in the beginning of my college experience. And I don't I even remember that it I mentioned it because that I'm just very like detached from the situation. And someone DM'd the crying public account and my personal account. And they were like, hey, I was like listening to old crying in public episodes and like I came across this and like I couldn't have told you like how much of a perfect time it was because I had just been assaulted. And she was like, I feel like nowadays it, it goes beyond telling women what to wear also telling how to deal with things. And she was like, that was the first time I've ever heard someone even mention it on like a public sphere. And she was like, I don't think I should upset about it if you're comfortable, obviously. We haven't like discussed it yet. I don't know. But she was like, even the idea of like, when I did tell people, them asking what I wore, them asking, oh, like, did you ask for it? Or asking, oh, did you like insinuate it? Or like, is something you decided? And she was like, it was after that we did one episode. I forgot what episode it was that we called. Me too. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, we did it. She said it was like somewhat recently. I don't remember. Whatever. But it was like broke my heart that like we are just forced to feel everything privately. Like no matter. So we're told what to wear. We're told what to say. We're told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. We're told how to feel. How to report it. How to report it. That we have to report it. it. And it's just like, it breaks my heart. And like, this is the reason why we have crying in public. Ew, that sounded so cliche. You're so cringy. I literally cringed by myself. (laughs) Ew. But um, that's the reason why we have this. You know, like for me, Sarah and I talk like this all the time anyway. We literally rant about subjects. We sat in our room this morning and ranted about um, QAnon and 
Christopher Columbus. Christopher like, Columbus. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. Sorry, Christopher. Christopher Columbus. And people who think that Pocahontas is their ancestor. Anyway, um, <laughs> like we talk about this stuff on a daily basis. We were like, why not take what we talk about and what we experience and what we think and put it out there in the world because we're told not to. There's a reason why there aren't many female-led podcasts that talk about things like this. There's a very there's a reason why there aren't podcasts that look like we do. There's reasons why most popular podcasts in the world are male-led podcasts that talk about like, yo, okay. Whole other side note. There's this trend right now on TikTok that's like making fun of guys who have podcasts. And it's <laughs> so true because they're like, yo, men... And this is all satirical. So if any of you guys take this out of context and like report me we're on gonna TikTok, find you. we're going to find you. <laughs> I'm kidding. They'll be like, yo, you know, like men, the world started with Adam. Adam, not Eve, Adam. And Adam was a man. You know, that means world was created for men. And yo, you gave Adam the apple? Eve, bro. And he took from Adam, Eve. All Eve. women do is take. What do they bring to the table? What do you bring to the table? And young woman could do, I could do better. And then literally all of them were like, yo, women suck. And I'm like, okay, what I'm really hearing is that y'all want each other. If y'all want each other, I'm here for it. I support it through and through, but do not drag my people's good name through the mud. <laughs> and I don't know. They're just so toxic. They're so toxic. Not all of them, obviously. The ones that are, all the ones that are like, how, how to be a techie, crypto, NFT, how to, how to build a table, how to build a boat. <laughs> I love y'all. Y'all keep building. Y'all keep talking about boats. But the men that are out here that are perpetuating these negative viewpoints, these negative thought processes, oh, that was so deliciously sounding. I know. Um, alliteration. Literally. <laughs> I don't know if it was alliteration, but oh. it was something. <laughs> Us with our phonetic devices. I didn't pass. But that are literally like perpetuating these ideas of, or ways of thinking that are encouraging men to keep viewing women in this way. It's, oh, it makes me so angry. I just want to punch them through the screen. And the biggest physicality of this manifests itself in Spotify and Apple Podcasts, top 40 podcasts. First of all, not only are they mostly men in general, but also when it comes to intelligence and political opinions, you see men from way different sides of the spectrum. You see men who are on the radical left and men who are on the way radical right being in not just top 40 political, top 40 whatever, but like the top 40 podcasts on the app itself with women you really, really don't see that. You see a lot of moderates. You see a lot of women who talk about fashion. A lot of women who talk about going out and, and divorce. And, and <laughs> literally, and the top, all the top like female podcasts are like how to get through divorce, right? How to which heal is, from men, exactly. Which, which is, is literally, which is fine and good for them for their success. But if you compare that to the top forty podcasts led by men it is extremely telling about what people want to hear from which gender. And it's like, even if you look up like hashtag podcast on TikTok, the first 15 will be these men on the couch like, yo, would you bang your cousin? Yeah. For how much? Yeah, I do for free. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. If I look up hashtag podcast, it's going to be the first episode. I saw it it this week and I was like, men shouldn't speak. (laughs) Like that is what people want to hear from men. Women are out here talking about trying to save their lives and talk about getting over assault and how to feel more confident in your body. Men, you're Naranja. Like, that's (laughs) what you find funny. Bro, it kills me. Play one more for the It kills me. Just one more for the giggles. I was 13 years old. Girls are curious at that age. Like, what are wieners like? I said, that's great. Like, I have one. And they're like, well, how big's yours, Logan? I go, I don't know. You're like two inches off. 13-year-olds ask him that? 
Like that's yeah, no. what that like that's what men are talking about on t- on like on like it just ah. Also, if a woman, the, fuck, we're held to such different standards on so many things. But if a woman ever said that, we, we get fu- women aren't funny. Oh, yo, on TikTok, women can't be. The saddest thing is, like, I my TikTok page is usually mostly women. Ella, I'm literally lying. If I see a hot man, I will follow him. But <laughs> mine um, is. Yeah, like, if you see me content on man's uh, TikTok, uh, leave me alone. But um, <laughs> I even see mostly women like just doing like they're showing off their workout like outfits or like what I do in the gym or like me um, losing weight, like my weight loss journey, or like me trying on new clothes, and men are like, ill. who invites you into this space? You're not, this is, this is for the girls, leave. A, B, C, this is the exit. And no, once, once a single man, once, a, once one, one man finds a popular video or a TikTok having anything with women, and it's like, women are gross, ill. Or they're like, yeah, bounce those oranges. And I'm like, ill. Like, you had to go and ruin it. Yeah. She's just on the treadmill, yeah. and you're being nasty. <laughs> it, makes me, it makes me so upset. I've never known truly how many gross men in the world there were until I downloaded TikTok, and I literally clicked on one comment section. Because <clears throat> you see all the comments that get, like, 60,000 likes, which is usually, like, a sarcastic comment or something funny, or, like, it literally always something funny. But then you scroll and you see the comments that get like 300 likes or 40 likes. And that's still kind of a lot of likes or even like as much as 12,000 likes. And it was some nasty ass, balding, small calved men who should literally kick rocks for a living saying like, like you literally, you think you did something in that shirt? You, you lose a little weight first before you put yeah, on a shirt like, like that. Yeah, don't look good in that shirt. And I'm like, you are literally 75. <laughs> or like there are men, there are men, there are men literally in the mid stages of male pattern baldness i've said that so many times today i don't even know why yeah who shower twice a week who live in their parents basements and are currently eating cheetos and licking the dust off their fingers there are men who don't change their underwear who have skid marks in their underwear <laughs> who are out here on beautiful women's tiktoks being like eh, 4.5 you ain't even on the scale baby <laughs> like no one's out here even thinking about rating for you they're saying ill swipe like it just and like the whole West Elm Caleb thing and I'm just like men have so much audacity and I cannot wait I cannot wait until the men find this episode and start literally going Rah! you know my dad's always like Sydney what can I listen to for your podcast I'm sitting this and he's like Sydney let's have a talk about why you don't have a boyfriend and I'm gonna say hmm, okay <laughs> did you see that one video about West Elm Caleb where the woman was like calling men out is not feminism like this whole trend is not feminism like you think it's doing something and it's really not like you're literally ruining this man's life and for what and i'm like for what for what bed now lay in and it had three hundred thousand likes that's what scared me i was like really really we called them pick me's yeah this is this is my ending quote for men it's my ending quote actually no it's not (laughs) it was for us weston caleb and like all these men being called after practices and behaviors and women then being like you're ruining my life you have made your bed now lay in it baby yeah that's from a song what song is it it's from Miss Beyonce or Miss Rihanna, because that's how I know it. But she was right. Yeah. What made you bed now laying in? And irreplaceable Beyonce, thank you. And I do want to say a little disclaimer, because I want the men to be mad, but not all men to be mad. And I really shouldn't have to disclaim this, because I feel like it's literally so beaten to death. But we are not talking about all men. We are talking about most of the men that we see and most of the men that we experience and that participate and perpetuate this behavior absolutely that is who this is for if, you're not, if you're not one of those men kissy kiss boochie spooch high five you deserve a cookie yeah also, you're invited to the party we love exactly. you come to but, the sleepover and we do have male listeners like obviously we love our male listeners so much all of our uh, every single listener that we have is a male who's reached out to us has been nothing but 
a beautiful human being. And they're like, thank you for like opening our perspective. Like, thank you for listening. Yes. Hi, boo-boo. Thank you for being self-aware and like trying to learn and just being a good person in general. But also like, don't be afraid if you are a guy or you are around guys act like this to correct their behavior because the longer we like just see it and let it happen, the more it will continue. So when y'all have your little sons, ooh, my son, ooh, I'm like, <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> He's going to be like, mom, you're a whore. And you're going to be like, oh. I'm like, oh, I'm literally. And what about it, Steven? Thank you. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to this. This was a really nice, fulfilling episode. Yeah. I my, our entire, my entire audio track is literally just me screaming. We were getting pretty heated, which I think is totally justified in this topic. Um, it wasn't even planned. We, thank this, you is so, this is on a whim. We were going to talk about. Um, like, I don't know what we were going to talk about. I forgot. We were going to talk about mixed. What was it? Mixed sniggles. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I have a lot of phlegm. Mixed signals. <laughs> Sniggle. <laughs> I'm literally so sorry. I should shut up forever. What about it, Steven? I keep saying that. I don't know where I got that from. But it's, it's been a today thing. It's yeah. been a today thing. It's good, though. And we for, we just edited and are about to post our first YouTube video. It's literally eight minutes long, so you will not get bored. Go check it out. Uh, we love you guys so much. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube at Crying a Public Podcast and listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.